Zine Talk, powered by zinebymacar.com. Zine Talk is a conversational fashion series powered by zinebymacar.com, hosted by Editor-in-Chief Makara Reed. Black excellence is a -a one-of-a-kind thing, but exuding it in everything you create will certainly take you to the next level. That is exactly what happens with this particular designer. During this episode, this designer shares his SCAD experience leaving his promising career to be a fashion designer and holding his brand as a Black designer at a top-tier level. Please welcome Brandon Zayden. Hey, how are you doing today? How are you? Doing well. I am very, very well. I saw your garment during your school, well, online on school. I could not make it because I was at another event, but you were like the first design that I wanted to get to. I had to find out what designer this was, what student designer this was. Your design, (laughs) you know, reminded me of South African design because it was just very vibrant. The colors was like very inhibited. The patterns, you weren't like very scared to mix it up. I felt like Johannesburg, South Africa type of vibe. Like what was your influence for your senior thesis for that showcase? Well, I really had to sit back and really analyze what I wanted to do. But most importantly, I wanted to do something that was very impactful, that had a lot of substance to it and had a lot of meaning to it. And as a designer of color, just through my whole process, I just found that, you know, it was hard for me to break through to get acknowledgement as a designer. So one way I wanted to do it was to bring awareness. So the overall inspiration of my collection is called The Perception of Us. And it's the misrepresentation of Black designers in the fashion industry. And with this collection, what I wanted to do was I wanted to gather a lot of incidents or uh, historical references that Black people of color had experienced in America. So I wanted to talk about slavery. I wanted to talk about segregation. I wanted to talk about police brutality. So when I came up with the concept, I wanted to come up with my own interpretations of African tribal prints. I wanted them to be bold. I wanted to be different, but in my own interpretive way. So that's where the prints came from as far as mismatching the different type of vibrant colors, playing with different things, and also tying in slavery and segregation was a lot of the models wore like wrist chains mm-hmm. like uh, and resembles to shackles and chains. You know, they had them around their necks and they had them um, around their waist. And then also, if you notice on the webbing of the belt, some of them had caution or, or danger or warning. Because those are some of the things that people of color, even to this day, are dealing with when they are perceived by other people as a threat. So I wanted to imply all of that into the collection, but still have a vibrant, more powerful, colorful aesthetic to it as well. So that's where I kind of came with it. And at the end of the day, I just wanted it to bring awareness, but also, you know, let everyone know that we're all equal. We're you know, no different from any other race, no whether it's sex, gender, or religion, you know, we're all one and the same. Yeah, I like how everyone is, like, using the platform to 
showcase blackness. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, social media has allowed us to have like a better voice. And I just really like how people of color are trying to elevate that more and bringing that mm-hmm. more awareness. Is Do you feel like it's a hindrance since you are a black person in your class trying to get that voice across and the message being translated that way? Do you feel like that's a hindrance? when you're designing Um, or when you're presenting your design? Actually, you know, no, because when I was first going through the process of coming up with the idea and the concept and the process of the election, you know, I did have some of the professors said that they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I need to change my silhouette. They just couldn't grasp the whole concept of it. And my thing is, is that, you know, everybody can be ignorant to certain things because if they don't experience or know of it, then it causes them to be ignorant. And it's up to us as designers to be able to educate them so that they can understand it. If someone don't understand anything, of course, they're going to be ignorant to it. I think for me, it was important for me because I was the only, I don't like saying African-American, but I was the only black male of color to graduate with the highest degree at SCAD, which was the Master of Fine Arts degree in fashion design. And I felt like I had to let not only myself, but let other people know that men of color, and not just men of color, but people of color that are in the industry can create Mm -hmm. beautiful garments. Because there were times where I felt like I know my capability, but they didn't see my capability or they didn't believe that I had the ability to create an amazing collection, or it could be as impactful as my other peers. So I think that allowed a light switch and put fire up under my butt to really kind of like come with something that would be a little bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for people that are not aware of, you know, the culture of what Black people had dealt with in this country. So I think it was impactful for me to address that. So I would say, was it difficult for me at first? But at the end of the day, when they started to see the direction where I was going, because I had a clear direction of what I wanted to do, then everybody kind of like fell in line and they kind of got an understanding of it. Do you feel like if you had a Black teacher there, like at least one, or if they would have brought like a guest judge or something, do you think they would have supported like your vision or gave you a better critique? Do you think like your design would have went like a different direction? Actually, that's funny that you said that because we did actually have one black professor that was there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, at the time she didn't teach the graduates or the Mm -hmm. seniors or guide them through their collections. But this quarter, you know, last quarter, and I, I would say probably the winter and spring quarter, they allowed her to come in and kind of sit down in the critiques so that when the students will come in to show their process to the professors and the dean on where they're adding their collection, and if the construction wasn't together, she would be there to kind of like help them make the garments more professional, but make the garments a little bit more, you know, wearable and um, the construction of the garments to perfection. And she actually was my chair of my thesis. So by her being there, it was easier for her to relate when they had questions as far as when they didn't understand certain things for her to be in that room to kind of like say, well, this is the African culture. Well, this is what this print symbolizes, And this is what people mm-hmm. of color in America has been through. Because a lot of the, uh, the professors and, you know, the dean, of course, 
and at my school, they're from Europe. So, you know, they don't really understand the culture. They really don't know. So it's just new to them. So some of them, you know, kind of didn't really get it at first. You know, Mm -hmm. some of them didn't really gravitate to it until I educated them. And it was pretty much an educational experience for them or say for them to critique me on what I should do for my culture, if, if that makes sense. Or this is how people of color should dress. You get what I'm saying? So. You had to teach them how, you know, our culture is while they were teaching you how to the structure of design. Exactly. Yeah. I find that more and more interesting as we like expose more of how black culture is. I find it like really fascinating. So, yeah, I was definitely like a thought in my mind as I like looked through everyone else's design and yours was like really the standout of them all. It's so crazy because actually with program in the MFA program, if you're graduating with a Master of Fine Arts, the way it's broken down is that you have the MFA and you have the MA. So the MFA, our program is a little bit more intense. Our projects are a little bit more extensive because we have to create eight total looks. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, we have to do a thesis, whereas the MA, they only have to create six looks, and that's pretty much it. You know, So with my program and my degree, I actually created a full eight-look collection. And out of the eight looks, I had to choose, I believe it was three looks. So a lot of the audience did get a chance to see the full collection in this array because I did four men's and I did four women's. So I tackled, Mm -hmm. you know, doing men's wear and I actually tackled doing women's wear. And what was so funny is that I was so focused on a lot of the men pieces that I did the women's pieces at the very end of my collection Mm -hmm. and they got the most reviews. So it's crazy how that all worked out. But yeah, it it was an experience. It was a lot of hard work, you know, and I was passionate about it because I felt like now is the time to put myself out there as a designer to see and to show people what I'm capable of. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I see that you're like really, really passionate about your blackness and just representing the culture. Like, where do you get your blackness from? Like, where are you from? Are you from Atlanta? Are you from Chicago? Like, sensing that you're from like something with like predominantly black people. Well, I don't want to say New Orleans. Well, okay. So my family is originally from New Orleans and Mississippi. My mom and my aunts were all from that area. And then my mom migrated from Chicago. And I had the best of both worlds because I went to school in Chicago and then I ended up getting my undergraduate in Mississippi. I went to Alcorn State University and got a bachelor's of science degree in business administration with a concentration in finance and accounting, which is crazy. And then I was working in corporate and I just felt like fashion was where I really wanted to go and I wanted to build my brand. So being around, you know, that culture, um, especially in college, made me realize how proud it is to be Black and to understand the struggles that my people had experienced just to have rights in this country. And I've witnessed it when I was living in Mississippi, you know, the the looks that I would get from certain people because they felt like I shouldn't have that opportunity to get education. So experiencing that, I felt like a lot of times growing up in Chicago, especially in inner cities, they don't really talk about the people that paved the way of Black history, mm-hmm. the people of typical, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, of course, Rosa Parks, but they don't get into depth about knowing who we are. And when I went to college to see 
people of my peers wanting to be lawyers, doctors, wanting to be successful, that kind of changed my whole perspective around because they were proud of who they were. So that made me, you know, proud of who I wanted to be and what I needed to be. And so I think that that's where it came from. But I'm mixed on my dad's side. He's Creek Indian from the Muskego tribe. And my mom is a Creole. So it's, you know, a mixture. Okay, nice Mm -hmm. little fun mix. That is good. It just definitely transformed throughout your work. And you won the competition of the NBAF, which is the National Black Arts Festival. Your work is going to be in the showcasing of Neiman and Marcus, which is, I agree. So, like, how was that experience? You know what? It's so funny because last year I went out for the competition. This was, like, my first time doing a competition, you know. So I came in with my best, but I didn't make it last year. So I was a little down about that. But the fact that I was there to see how I should present myself in a competition made me prepare this year. And it may allow me to focus on presentation and how you can be perceived and how you want your brand to be perceived. And I think really what made me wanting to do it was because I'm always the type of person that I'm, I'm a fighter. I always, something that I want to do, I love to accomplish it and I love to finish it. So I had to sit down and think of a concept of what did I wanted to do? What can I do to make the judges in that competition say, wow, this is something that we want to showcase because you have to strategically think about what the competition is. It's, it's the NBAF, but then you also have to think it's for Nima Marcus. So you have to think about what would Nima Marcus sell in their window, what type of target market that Nima Marcus has. So not only just being a designer, you have to also think mm-hmm. about who are you selling to? Who is your client? What is your client? What are they looking for? So, you know, I had to sit back and analyze what would captivate that specific client or that customer to that particular store. So that was an amazing experience for me. And actually, the NBAF Gala is this Saturday. And the CEO, mm-hmm. me and her, have been working very closely for the last three months to create her exciting gown for the gala this Saturday. So she will be debuting it for the NBAF Gala that, that will be this Saturday. So I'm really excited to see how everything will turn out with that. You've just been like creating so much garbage this year. 2019 is like yeah. a build up, which is super good. What would yeah, be like the three to five words to describe your garments if you had to? Just my, my, all my garments or just my collection? Your collection. Bold, expressive, and avant opposite. I like that. Do you feel like SCAD was a great? school for you? Like, did you have other options or did you want to go to that school? Well, the thing is with SCAD, what was so funny about it was when you think of fashion and going to school or getting a higher education in fashion, you think of the schools in New York, like Parsons, FIT, you know, and I didn't want to go to New York for some strange reason. I just didn't want to go to New York. Don't feel alone. (laughs) I didn't want to go to New York. I I don't like New York. My best friend had sent me a catalog to SCAD and he was like, you should go here. And I'm like, well, you know, you know, I don't want to go to a school that I feel like wouldn't give me the opportunity or people would take me serious as a designer because I didn't have that Parsons behind my name, you know? So Mm -hmm. when I actually went in depth 
until studying the school, I didn't know that Andre Talley was on the board of trustees there. So I figured, well, if he's on there, that's a connection with Vogue. Obviously, the school is doing something. Right. So the thing is that when I actually enrolled in SCAD, I wasn't even in the fashion design department. I wasn't even a fashion student. I was in the luxury fashion management program. Originally, I was never supposed to graduate with a fashion designer degree. So it's surreal for me to wanting to do this and actually have the opportunity to. I took a class, an elective, which was a art illustration or a fashion illustration class with an amazing professor by the name of Ari Park. And, you know, when I came in, a lot of students were looking at me crazy. They were like, oh, you're a LXFM student. What are you doing here? You know, this is not your thing. You can't draw this, that, and the third. So when I told them what I wanted to do, they all kind of gave a side eye. But then when my professor saw my work and saw that I can really sketch really well, she was like, what are you doing in that program? Now, mind you, I'm in my second year in this program already. Mm -hmm. She told me, you need to be in the fashion department. We would love to have you. So I was like, wow, really? Yes. She said, if you get the portfolio together, I can see if I can get you in. So got my portfolio together. And then that next quarter, I was enrolled as a fashion design student. Yeah, but going to SCAD, I think what SCAD has taught me and a lot of people, you have to be a certain type of individual to tackle the SCAD syllabus and program, I should say, because it's intense. There's a lot of work in a little short time and you have to create good work. And that's one thing you have to do. You have to create like we might have maybe two weeks to complete maybe five looks, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's intense and it has to be well executed because if it's not, they'll let you know. A lot of the techs that work there, you know, they attended other schools and I've had conversations with them about, you know, how was it at Parsons and how was it at, you know, FIT? They was like, compared to what you all go through, we had time. We had maybe a whole quarter to get a whole collection together, whereas but you guys got nine weeks. And to complete a collection, you probably have maybe three weeks to complete and finish eight looks. So our program is a little extensive, which I guess makes us a little bit more conscious about how the industry really is when it comes to deadlines mm-hmm. and getting things done. So, yeah. They give you guys like a real life scenario because if someone needs yeah. something for like the red carpet or a gala, you have that short amount of time. Yeah. That's super dope. Yeah. Did you know how to sew when they asked you to join the program? I had a little experience. I honestly did. I had a little experience because mm-hmm. actually before I went to SCAD, I was attending the Art Institute in Illinois as a fashion designer, and I was undergraduate there. And unfortunately, I left that program. I just felt like that program wasn't for me. I just felt like when I graduate, I felt like I wouldn't get the opportunities that I would because I just didn't see it happening. So I left. So I mm-hmm. did have like a little bit of knowledge of how to sew. I think going to SCAD, it was a little intimidating because I felt like I had to come in knowing how to sew. And for me, it was kind of like, looking at everyone else, you know, wanting to do different type of silhouettes and wasn't able how to re- do that and relate that. But it forced mm-hmm. me to put forth the effort and learning how, you know, learning how to sew, spending time on the sewing machine and understanding the art of sewing. And like I tell people, a lot of times who want to get into this industry or even just want to go to school for fashion, like it's a lot of hard work. You really have yeah. to be able to put in the work because if you don't 
I mean, you're going to tell. And my one thing is I never wanted to create any garments that look like I sewed it down in my grandmother's basement. <laughs> I wanted my <laughs> garments to be A1 on point. I wanted the construction to be A1 on point. I wanted to be able to use the right fabric for the right garment. So it took time for me. And I've always had a niche for knowing what fabrics go with what type of silhouette that I was going for. So I was fortunate to know. And I elevated in our group. So, yeah, I'm more confident now in sewing than I was when I first started. That's good. Was that like the moment that you knew that you wanted to be in fashion? Is there another moment that you knew that you wanted to be into fashion? Like, what was the moment that you knew? I was always making things, even in high school. And at the time, I wasn't really sewing. I was probably cutting and glue gun and stuff. Uh, <laughs> But I've always had an eye for design. And I think when I saw different designers create work of art, because I think when it comes for me, creating pieces is a work of art. To see something come alive and to see something that's well constructed, I think that it takes it beyond just being, you know, a dress or a garment. I think it becomes a work of art. I think it becomes like just the craftsmanship of making a garment and the different techniques that you can put into making a garment. I think that's what intrigued me, the construction. Like if you go into like Chanel and you just look at the Chanel coat and how it's weaved and how intricate the trimmings are, and or if you look at a Chanel bag how or a clutch, you know, you could just tell the, mm-hmm. the work and the craftsmanship that's put in it. I look at it as a work of art, a wearable work of art. Definitely. So... I definitely see the trajectory of you just going up and up and up. You've been like featured in Teen Vogue, Essence, Rival TV, Fashion Bomb Daily on yourself. Yes, which is super dope. And you just graduated not even six months ago. (laughs) I know. I don't know. I honestly didn't expect all of that. I really didn't. I'm highly honored and humbled by the experience because I just wanted to create an impactful collection. But I see that a lot of people have gravitated to it and they really love it. So I'm really honestly humbled by everything. Really humbled. What do you see see yourself in like two to five years, personally and professionally? Personally, I want to develop more time in building my craft. I think that there's a lot of things that I want to do but my overall goal in the next couple of years is to actually be the first African-American designer that has its own platform and own brand that stands on the same platform as a Chanel or as an Alexander McQueen or as a Zach Posen. Because my thing was that when the professors asked me to look up for designers that I felt that, that I can relate to or I felt that my collection was in the same genre or bracket or competitive as them, I couldn't find any black designers. And that's kind of interesting. And that at the same time, I'll do respect to Virgil, you know, on Off-White. I think he's paving the way, but I think the doors should be a little bit open for more because there are a lot of talented designers of color that can have that platform. And I just want to have longevity with my passion when it comes to fashion is I want to create statement pieces that have longevity. Personal life, 
with work, I really don't have a personal life. It's just <laughs> I'm an advocate skater, so I can see myself skate forever. Oh, I, I, I go skating so every long. Sunday. I love it. I go skating every Sunday. Every Sunday, I go to Cascade Skating Ring, and it's just a relief, a breath oh, of fresh air. Atlanta. That is definitely yeah. Atlanta thing. <laughs> yes. That's is I that the only stuff. thing you do for fun? So just um, just unwind. I am a big nerd. I love to watch documentaries. I'm really big about, this might sound really lame, but I'm really into like watching the European monarchies. I've always felt like that whole pomp and circumstances was just me. I like the whole regalia, like the royalty type of aesthetic. So I kind of watch and study a lot of the British French, Sweden, you know, Spain monarchies and just how they gain power and just overall their mm-hmm. style and how they just love opulence and it just, yeah, I'm lame. You yeah. <laughs> don't leave. You're just kind of getting a vibe of everybody else's culture and kind of just feeding off of it. I'm kind of like yeah. that too, but I like real life interaction. I just felt like me, like I'm so proud of my culture, but I think it's imperative to learn from every other culture. One thing I don't want people to take just because I created a collection about the perception of us African tribes and it gives that, that doesn't mean that everything that I'm going to do as a designer is pertaining to that. You know, I have a broad idea of where I want to go in, in my career and what I want to do. And I just don't want to also be put in one box either. So, and I think that's what you have to be as a designer. You have to move with the times. You have to bring something new to the table, but still stay true to yourself. So, mm-hmm. Listening to you, you've been like changing lanes, just figuring yourself out. And now that you're at a place where you feel the most comfortable, what would you tell your younger self? If you could look back at you at 2021, 20, what would you tell yourself? You've always been resilient. You've always been focused in what you want to do continue to have that drive and no matter how many doors that have been shut in your face no matter how many times people have told you you could not do what you wanted to do no matter if you have faith in God continue to do it because anything is possible that's what Mm -hmm. I tell myself and if anybody was just looking at your work and just saw all the accomplishments that you have created even though they haven't looked at the other years, what would you tell a young person just starting into the fashion industry? What would be like the three things you would tell that person? Stay true to yourself, believe in yourself, and no matter if you feel like you can't do it, push through it and achieve it, fight through it, no matter what. That's what I would tell themselves because it's not easy. It wasn't easy for me, trust me. I fought and I fought for this collection and I fought for this collection and I stood my ground because I believed in it. You have to believe in yourself. And if you believe in what you want to do and you feel that it will be impactful and in your creative spirit being tells you and guides you to do it, do it. I definitely look forward to more of yourself because I just love me some colors. And your colors just pop. And I was just like, ooh. I definitely look forward to more of your stuff. And if you could tell the people where they can find you, definitely plug that in. Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Zayden the Designer. 
I will be putting up my website pretty soon. So um, once I'm done finishing with that, I will be posting it on my fashion design page at Zayden the Designer on Instagram, where you can check out, you know, my work and check out my collections that I'm coming up with in the near future and overall where I'm going. So, you know, that's the plug. Yes, I definitely look forward. Oh, and where are you based out of? I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Are you going to stay there? You know what? A lot of people ask me, you know, oh, you should move to New York. Wherever the opportunity leads me, I will go. But Atlanta has been very good to me. I feel that there's a lot of opportunities here in Atlanta because Atlanta Mm -hmm. is an up-and-coming city where there are a lot of people that have been reaching out to me to do things for them. And I feel like right now, it's a good place for me. So I'll be here until a bigger, better opportunity for me comes along. And then, you know, I'll take it from there. Right. Super dope. Thank you so much for being a part of Zoom Talk. A clear direction in any field will always help you build a prominent brand. That is exactly what Brandon is doing right now at this very moment. Y'all go check out his work on IG. His IG is Zayden the Designer, Z-A-Y-D-E-N-T-H-E-D-E-S-I-G-N-E-R. You can see Tanya Sam wearing one of his dresses that he made for seeing thesis at Tina Lawson's Wearable Art Gala just this past June, and it made major, major headlines, which is such a big deal since he graduated with his Masters of Fine Art degree within like six months ago. Definitely check his work out. And also you can find more amazing, dope, independent, emerging young brands on zinebymacard.com. And you can also go on our Instagram, zinebymacard.com. You can find me personally at Makara, M underscore I underscore K underscore A underscore R underscore A. Definitely tune in for the next episode. I hope you guys are enjoying everything. You're learning so much. You're engaging in the conversation. If you know any independent emerging young brands, please let them know and tell them to hit up zinebymacard.com and forward slash pitch is the page so you can submit yourself. Or if you know somebody, let me know by tagging them on the Instagram. I love to know about new emerging disruptive fashion brands. So stay tuned till next episode. I will talk to you guys later. Bye y'all. Zine Talk, powered by Zine by McCart.com.